Chilmich Woodcock will be there somewhere up in the bowels of the, the Merv Cowan grandstand before it gets demolished a few days later. He's with us now on the show. Morning, Mitch. Morning, morning Jacob. Jacob, you OK? Have you recovered? Oh, well, you asked me that walking out of the ground on Saturday. I'm fine. You, you can't win all the time, and West Perth were the better team, so you want to win the one that counts. That's still a couple of weeks away. Oh, yeah, no, that was a fantastic game. Guys, really enjoyed the way that game was played throughout. Um, I thought Eastry Mantle had their chances late in that... Oh, sorry, early in that last quarter, and uh, West Perth have been the better side for most of the season, and they got the job done when it matters, but, geez, I, I really think East Fremantle, and from what I saw at the weekend, Claremont can still challenge for this premiership. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the East Fremantle game against West Perth, I mean, the, the margin was 20 points, but everyone keeps telling me how West Perth sort of, you know, well, dominate, I didn't see it, I can't make it, but 20 points, you know, they're playing up in Joondalup, which is out of the thing that it'll be a neutral ground if they if they meet again. So, you know, I wouldn't be writing anyone off. No, you wouldn't. Um, the way I think the way West Perth did it, though, they, they were able to really restrict that run and carry from halfback that East Fremantle liked to produce. You know, they liked to open the fat side. I've spoken about a couple of times, Cam Earnley's the guy who really does that. And Michael Tassoni's really played an important part in the last few weeks running off halfback. So, they, West Perth were able to restrict that. When they were able to restrict that, they made it a really contested ball game, and that was probably 50-50 in the end there. But then they won the clearances, which was absolutely vital, and it's what got them the win in the end. So East Fremantle would want to up their pressure this weekend and want to win the clearances because whoever wins whoever wins this weekend is going to have to do that against West Perth because that's where they do dominate. With the likes of Nelson, Meadows, and Mitch Pearce was just fantastic at the weekend. I think he had 11 clearances. was just outstanding. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch Pearce has been probably... West Perth's best player in the last two games against Issa Mantle. So he's a player that's lifted when the Falcons have needed it. What an incredible effort for all three grades. Neil Fong on the show a bit earlier, Mitch. And for all three grades to qualify at the earliest opportunity, it's a great reflection on what they've done as a club. Oh, massively. And I spoke to Darren Harris after the game, and he was absolutely, um, you know, raving about Steve Truella, who's the general manager there for the operations. And what a great job he's done. And, And the depth they've got, don't forget, in that reserve side, Rudy Riddick was playing, uh, Blake Willow, Mitch Antonio booted four goals. So they've got a bit of depth there, the Falcons, and all three sides into this grand final. It's going to be a big day for West Perth. Their former home ground, I suppose, a leader of the Well, the thing about Claremont, they couldn't have been any more impressive. Uh, they really took it up to Peel. A lot of people were talking that, oh, well, Peel, you know, they've got these AFL players. They'll be very difficult. But from quarter one, uh, I mean, Peel got the start, but from... The rest of that quarter onwards, uh, Claremont, the pressure, um, their commitment was, uh, you couldn't question it. No, the Fulham of the weekend, Wayne, best on ground, or best at the ground for me that day was Ash Prescott, the coach of Claremont. He made some absolute brave moves. They lost Steve Miller the week before to a knee injury, so they were down a key defender. He brought in Max Muneer, who kicked four goals in the resis the week before, and it left everybody scratching their head. Who's going to play back line? Who's going to play in the backup ruck? What are they going to do? Well, he swung Tim House to centre-half back to play on Josh Tracy, and he kept Tracy to four disposals and one goal. What an absolute fantastic effort. He was brave and moved Joe Bolton to half-back, where, you know, a lot of players can rack up disposals across half-back, but not many players can do what Bolton does and really use them, and Bolton really created off half-back. And the one player for me that was just ultra-impressive was Tyron Smallwood. His pressure up forward, kicked three goals, was just fantastic. Alex Manuel found some form, Spivey kicked three, I thought Buller was really impressive, despite really not hitting the scoreboard hard. So, look, they had a real good team effort. Bailey Rogers found some form. And 
and Lim was really good off halfback. I'm sorry, off the wing and Martinez off halfback. So, look, it's going to be a real good final this weekend. Claremont coming in with a bit of form. And all to play for, and I guess there's a couple of storylines. Either Bill Monaghan gets back into a grand final with Issa Mandel against his former club, or Darren Harris, who was sensationally sacked two years ago, comes up against Claremont, and Claremont have won both of the battles. So already, Mitch, as you cast an eye forward as a journalist, you've got some good storylines to work with. Oh, don't forget Anton Hamp, who mm. retired suddenly from Claremont and now popped up at West Perth a couple of days later. You know, there's some bigger... Some big storylines coming out of this game and, you know, in this whole final series, really, you know, East Fremantle, the, the way they've defied the odds overall, you know, to be able to get to where they are, the injuries they've got, you know, it's fantastic. So, look, there's some big storylines coming out of this final series. It's been a great waffle season, probably the best we've had in a number of years and really looking forward to how this finishes. I think it's going to be an absolutely thrilling finish all the way. I mean, you look at uh, the results between East Mountain and Claremont, 45-48. Do we just ignore those, do we? Is that that that, that doesn't show us anything that uh, East Mountain have got a bit over Claremont? I don't think you can ignore it, Wayne. I think ignoring it would be disrespectful to the Sharks and the way they played in those two games. I think it's really important for both sides. I think it's important for East Fremantle in terms of a confidence boost. They've got to look. They know how they've got to play. They've got the formula. They'll know that there's tweaks to be made. I think they need to be a lot more accurate in front of goals. Um, I think Ruben Maguire's a player who really needs to stand up. I think he's actual face in the team this weekend's under a bit of threat. They've got Eddie Simpson waiting in the wings. I'm not sure how they go there. They need John O'Marsh to really stand up. Um, so I'm looking at the way they've, they've structured up, and I'm thinking Ace men will know the tweaks they've got to make. Whereas for Claremont, they would know they were smashed at the clearances, um, smashed from scores from clearances mainly, and smashed to inside 50s and all those other stats that Jake had mentioned before. So they've got to look at this game really from that sort of point of view and say, well, if we rectify all those things, we can bring it back to a level playing field and then we've got to ask ourselves as a fan base, do they have the better class across the field or do we Fremantle? These are the questions we've got to ask leading into this big game and it'll be interesting to see. But no, I don't think we can discount those two performances, just how vital they were. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think though Claremont will be learning a lot from those two losses and coming back a different group. And you mentioned earlier some of the positional changes, so it'll be a different-looking Claremont this time around. Mitch Woodcock with us in the West Australian. Um, Mitch, that's a look at the waffle. The AFL, well, we know our two West Australian teams are in cotton wool and preparing for next year. Uh, the Eagles, Junior Rioli uh, on the move to Port Adelaide. What's a fair compensation for him? There's talk about Mitch Giorgiades. I don't think that's going to happen. But what's a fair compensation for Junior Rioli? And, and what's the latest out of Frio as well? I'll eat my hat. Um, I don't think that Port Adelaide are letting go Mitch Georgiades for anything less than a first-round pick. So, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the fair compensation is the compensation they'll get from Carl Amon. So Carl Amon's age, the fact that he polled very well in the Brownlow, I think he finished 12th in the Brownlow on Monday night, I heard the other day. So that's sensational. Um, I think that, that and the length of the deal that Hawthorne are offering him, I think that'll land them an end of the first-round pick. So by the time you take out father's sons, etc., probably going to land at about 21-22. I think that's a fair compensation for Rioli, given the fact that, you know, he's not going to get there through the pre-season draft and given the fact West Coast believe he's in, there, in his prime as such. So I think that's probably the fair compensation and we'll probably see a trade of late picks when that comes to it as well, as we always do, the steak knives on top. Well, there's, there's so much to play out on those respective uh, clubs and their trades. But West Coast... Would love another key forward with Josh Kennedy's retirement, but I guess a guy, a guy like Marty Frederick, could be 
are pretty handy as well um, at Port Adelaide. Brother, twin brother of Michael Frederick, who's at the Dockers, and he's been linked as well. I know your colleague Jordan McArdle wrote a piece last week. So there's a few probably players on the table as much as a draft pick. Oh, very much so. And, and Marty Frederick is also uncontracted, so he's waiting to see if he gets contracted. As you said, Jordy McArdle um, wrote this one up, and you know, so he could maybe even get through to the preseason draft if West Coast decide they want him. We, Jordy, uh, is doing right. You know, Jared Schofield's a big fan of his, so it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, you could throw him in, maybe an exchange of a third round pick and Willie Rioli for Frederick and a, and a second round pick. That could work as well. Um, West Coast already hold Port Adelaide's other second round pick, so there's a little bit to play out. But yeah, definitely an interesting couple of weeks, guys, at the trade table. I'm curious to see where you know teams land themselves, and apparently West Coast might be in play in terms of where Brisbane are at too. There's reports, you know, Brisbane obviously now in the hunt for Josh Dunkley. They've got to get that deal done. They, you know, they're going to lose a couple of players as well. But to get that deal done, they're going to need picks. So do West Coast enter the market for maybe a Devin Robertson to help them get Dunkley in? Does that all work out? It's there's a lot to play out, guys. I don't think this is going to be a quiet trade period as it was last year. No, no. And uh, I think uh, John Townsend said on uh, before the footy on Saturday that we could have a record number of trades this year, not just players, but picks involved as well. So busy period once the grand final is uh, played on Saturday. Uh, who's your tip to finish? Mitch, who's going to win the grand final? Uh, Geelong and Sydney. I'm going to go the Cats, guys. I just like the way they're playing. I like the way they're structured up, I think. I think the X factors in that side are Hawkins and Cameron. The McCartan brothers have been so good this year, but at the MCG in front of 100,000 people, it, it's built for a stage of a McCartan and a Cameron, and I think they're the difference. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of them win the Norm Smith. So I'm going Geelong. Yep, I think that's a pretty popular tip. Mitch, thanks for your time. We'll read your work in the West Australian and online at thewest.com.au. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Mitch Woodcock with us here on Sports Breakfast.